Bet the Juice Podcast, Cody Mitchell, Connor Holiday here. In our not new but improved studio. It actually looks like a nice little recording area for once. Yeah, we actually look legit for once. Um, Granted, I do not like how we have two Washington Commanders pieces. I, I, I like the Griffey. Always was one of my favorite players in the MLB. What about we, the basketball hoop in the back? The basketball hoop that we've broken how many times? Um, um, I think that's Oh, no, wait, no, that's your dogs popping every single one of the balls. The that balls, we... yeah, the balls get popped, like, every single day. And then we have the great wheel that we've only used once, and still on it says New Mexico State Moneyline. I don't know if I want it to die, though. No, I don't. I wish we could get Teddy Allen to sign it. That would be electric <laughs> if we could have him actually sign that. Um, today is, we've broken down three of the Power Five schools so far. Um, today is the Pac-12. Um, I'm also happy to say, as of I think yet uh, yesterday, we are officially one month away from college football starting. Grand A will be week zero, and we're we're still gonna watch the games. We're not ju- we're just not gonna be really happy about it. No, I mean, I feel like we got. I think it was two years ago we got a little bit spoiled with. Some of the Nebraska, Illinois, the week zero games, and I think this slate just doesn't really live up to it. There's games like, I mean, we'll get to it later on, but like Notre Dame, seeing Sam Hartman play for the first time, Grant against Navy, mm-hmm. um, that might be it. Uh, yeah, I think USC plays, uh, San, yeah, San Jose State. So oh, week zero, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, it's the Big Twelve here. Before we get crazy, Pac twelve or Pac twelve here. Well, speaking of that, I was gonna get into that. We got to. If we're talking about this conference, you might as well talk about it. Colorado rejoining the Big 12 where they belong in 2024, which I'm assuming is next season with the football being and with yeah. the sports being in both. I'm assuming yeah. it's next year. But. Yeah, and pretty strong rumors that Arizona will be joining them in the Big 12. We'll wait until that's fully announced. But, yeah, I mean – it seems like it's the right fit, honestly. Like, I know they are kind of on the West Coast, but they've just always screamed Big 12 team to me. Granted, they were forever. I don't know how how long, but uh, honestly, like, I, I think it's a good move. And, like, with all the things that are changing at Colorado and with Texas and Oklahoma leaving the Big 12, like kind of makes that conference wide open and no offense with Dion there he's going to pull some of the best recruits pull some of the best transfers to come to Colorado because he is who he is and i just think that maybe we could look like 3 years down the road and it's like oh Colorado's running this conference with Dion so yeah, what I mean, like you said, he's gonna get players in there. He's gonna get recruits, transfers in there. Now, like a, with a lot friends. of those, with a lot of the Big Twelve teams that are gonna be left, like a lot of those guys 
or a lot of those teams lean on development because you're only getting like four stars, three stars, and it's just all about development. I mean, you look at Kansas State, Iowa State, a lot of those teams, it's all about development. Colorado is probably going to be beating those guys. Like, it, I think that there's a very good chance, like, Colorado could be the number one recruiting team in the Big 12 once everything's said and done. But yeah, we'll obviously get to Colorado because I have, I also think there's a good chance they fall flat on their face with this, like with the splashy hire and the cameras and the bullshit. So we'll, we'll figure that out. We're talking Pac 12. This is the conference of quarterbacks officially. I think so. I mean, this. It's loaded. It's loaded. The thing is, though, we're going to get to the quarterback rankings at the end of the show and to me it's like it's loaded but they're tiered like we're gonna probably be like on the same level because i think everybody's tiered pretty correctly here possibly but i'm gonna kick it over to you connor let's start with the pac-12 let's do some win totals all right we're starting off with usc win total sitting at nine and a half on FanDuel and a 10 on DraftKings and caesars Pac-12 odds sitting at a plus 210 on DraftKings. Playoff odds sitting at a plus 260 on DraftKings. While we all know USC can put up points against anyone, can Lincoln Riley finally have a defense that can actually stop someone? At quarterback, they return reigning Heisman Trophy winner Caleb Williams, who will look to be only the second player in history to win two Heismans. Although, like we have discussed, his defense's success may determine it more for him than his own personal success. Keeping Caleb healthy this season is of the highest importance. You watch those last two games that they ended up losing to Utah and to Tulane. He was nowhere near 100% and just trying to fight through it. This team goes as far as Caleb can possibly... T- well. I say that, but also so much of this team hinges on the defense. But if Caleb goes down and has to miss games, alarms are going to be going off. That the, It changes the whole dynamic of my I mean, team. Of this, huh? I mean, I know Malachi Nelson's not Caleb Williams, but it's still like a coveted five-star as the backup. I don't think they're like completely incompetent. No, but I mean, you're talking about the Patrick Mahomes of college football right now. Yeah. He, uh, like unanimously going to be the first overall pick next year. If he, I would put every dollar that I have on Caleb Williams to be the number one pick. I'm pretty sure right now it's minus like 350 for him to yeah. be the. It's like Andrew Luck status. It, it really is. He is the word generational talent in the NFL gets thrown around a lot more now than it probably should be. This is the biggest generational talent since Trevor Lawrence, I think. So, obviously, see if he can end up being two-time Heisman, but I think a lot of his, how far his team goes determines that. Uh, at running back, they do lose Travis Dye, who led them in rushing, but they do return Austin Jones, who looked solid when they lost Dye to injury. They also added Marshawn Lloyd from South Carolina, who had 573 yards and nine touchdowns last season. At wide receiver, they do lose leading receiver Jordan Addison, 
but they do return Taj Washington, Mario Williams, and Brendan Rice, who all had over 600 yards each. They also added Pac-12 first-teamer Dorian Singer from Arizona, who should be an instant impact. Also watch for five-star freshman Zachariah Branch, who was the number one wide receiver last season and number seven in the nation, who has insane speed. I know Heartline was going after him hard. He's a California kid, and once Lincoln Riley made the decision to go at USC, like OSU lost all momentum for him. Crazy to say that Brian Hartline missed out on number one wide receiver in the class. Sick bro. Um, the O-line only returns two starters, but they added three immediate starters in the portal, including Michael Tarquin from Florida, Jared Kingston from Wazoo, and Emmanuel Pregan from Wyoming. Uh, while there's so much good to talk about on offense, This team's future lies solely on the defense. Last season, they were in the bottom 100 in passing and total defense, 93rd in scoring defense, and 8th worst in the nation in yards per play. Just flat out not good. I know there was a lot of speculation if Alex Grinch was going to be kept. He is back, and let's see if he could finally put a defense out there. Uh While the defense returns several starters, that may not matter because they added nine transfers on defense, including D-Lyman, Bear Alexander from Georgia, Anthony Lucas from Texas A&M, and Kion Bars from Arizona. Uh, They added linebacker Mason Cobb from Oklahoma State and corner Christian Roland Wallace, also from Arizona. They ended up pulling three people from Arizona in the portal. So when it comes to USC, buddy. How are you looking? I'm going to say right now, this was the hardest conference, I think, to kind of navigate. There's a, there is a clear separation between the top end and the bottom end, and then like there's one team right in the middle. I think we know who we're talking about. I think. Yeah, we'll get to them. But I'm going to go over here. Over the nine and a half? Over the nine and a half. I think with Caleb Williams back another year, the defense can't be any worse than it was. And look, they're going to win their first six games. The first six games are cupcakes. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, ah, we'll get to them in a couple weeks. I don't really think Notre Dame's going to be that good. So I'm already penciling that in as a win. And you got to tell me all I got to do is win three of these last five when you're going to beat Cal. But Utah, Washington, Oregon, UCLA, I got to win two of those games. I know Utah has kind of been their kryptonite, but I think by this time this year, with Utah's schedule and the uncertainty of Cam Rising, there's a chance – now, I don't think Whittingham would have give up vibes where the team would quit, but there's a good chance that's already a three-loss team, and there might not be as big of a fight in them as as you might think. And then they get Washington UCLA at home. That Oregon game could be a loss, but I think his team wins 11 games. This was the hardest one. Well, okay, not the hardest. This one was very, very hard for me to figure out. I do not have an official play on it. I kind of lean – the under or the over nine and a half, I think like 10 wins at the worst. But I mean, it's just so hard when how that schedule ends. I know you're talking bad about Notre Dame, but that's still a rivalry game at Notre Dame. Right after that, you have Utah who beat you twice last season, who you have the clear talent uh, advantage. 
but they just completely out physicaled you. A lot of that, a lot of that though, in the, both those games was Don Kincaid. Don Kincaid literally just. Made I don't a know joke if of everything. Jaquan Jordan in that Pac-12, they ran all yeah, over. They did too. But, uh, but it, then you do have the break at Cal, Washington. I mean that that is going to be such a tough game. If that secondary is not good, like Washington's just going to go point for point with them. But they do get it at home, which helps. At Oregon, same thing. Bo Nix sl- could sling it all over that secondary. And UCLA, by the end of the season, I mean, who knows what that team is. Like They have questions at quarterback, but I mean, if they start the freshman and he is as good as he is, it- it's so tough for me to decide. I lean the over nine and a half because just on Caleb Williams alone, I think he has enough to at least get them to 10 wins. I don't know how I feel about the Pac-12 odds, though, but yeah, I mean, lean over, but I'm not really touching it. At Oregon, give me a spread. I have it. USC minus three. It's Oregon minus two. I honestly wanted to say Oregon minus three, but I thought that they would have USC favorite. And then this one's going to really surprise you here. Uh, home against UCLA to end the season. Minus seven. Two touchdowns. Wow. But that's also happened, but, but that's also the un- – what do they have, uh, the Washington game? Um, I'd have to look. They, I mean, I'm assuming, if they have all those, they have to have the Washington game, right? They should have, like, odds for yeah, at least – they got it. Uh, USC minus three, six. Wow. Which, it, but then Oregon is favored over USC. That's very, very. But I mean, that basically means that like Vegas thinks that USC is a, a field goal better than Washington. The game's at USC, so yeah. I mean, it, dude, it. I've watched Lincoln Riley for the last year or a couple years. Like, it's the same mo, dude. Like. I've kind of started to grow a little bit tired of him because everyone keeps giving him the passes because of what his offense is. But as a head coach, like there's more to football than your offense. And honestly, last season, like I hope it's not a continuing trend. Some of those special team issues that they had cost them games. That I re- ended up rewatching the Tulane game and the Utah game. On kickoffs alone, there were two times that they set themselves up, like starting their drive off at like the one yard line. One ends up leaving, leading to the safety against Tulane. Tulane ends up going down and scoring a touchdown to basically win it. The Utah one, I think, was on the last drive to try to take the lead or tie, but still, like, I don't know. Like, I lean the over, but also, like, I don't know how to feel about this team. On to the Oregon Ducks. Win total sitting at consensus 9.5 on all three books. Pac-12 odds sitting at plus 290 on DraftKings and FanDuel. Playoff odds sitting at plus 600 on FanDuel. Despite starting off the season with a 3-49 to loss to Georgia... 
Oregon found itself in college football discussion before coming up short against Washington and Oregon State. How can they get back? At quarterback, they returned Bo Nix, who surprised everyone by excelling with a 71.9% completion percentage for 3,593 yards, 29 touchdowns, and 7 picks, while also adding 510 yards and 14 touchdowns on the ground. The biggest question is, will it continue under new OC Will Stein from UTSA? At running back, they return a great duo in Buck Irving and Noah Whittingham, who combined for 1,837 yards last season. At wide receiver, they returned three of their top four pass catchers in wideouts, Torrey Franklin and Chris Hudson, and tight end Terrence Ferguson. They also added two transfers in the portal in Treshawn Holden from Alabama and Tez Johnson from Troy. The biggest question will be the O-line as they only return one starter. They did add a Johnny Cornelius from shout-out Rhode Island and Junior and and Gila from Texas. The front seven on defense returns several starters, and they will try to be better rushing the passer after only having 18 sacks last season. They also added linebacker Justin Jacobs from Iowa and Edges, Jordan Birch from South Carolina, and Caden Lugwit from Colorado. The secondary will need some serious work as they only return two starters on a secondary that finished 101st in the nation. They did add four transfers, including corner Ty, or Kyrie Jackson from Alabama and safety Evan Williams from Fresno State, who should be immediate starters. So when it comes to the Oregon Ducks, buddy, how are you looking? This one was really hard because you know how much I like don't trust Bonex. How can you not after last season? I mean, he was okay. I it mean, wasn't like he didn't like light the world on fire. I mean, he was he was good. He was in Heisman discussion, dude. Jabril Prepper's in Heisman discussions. Oh God, don't fucking bring up fucking. Like years. he was, he was, he was good. He wasn't. Great. 71% completion percentage. Dude, I don't, he give, completely, I don't give a shit about He completely percentage. turned around the narrative around it. For some, I, I still have the same Bo Nix. <sighs> it's never going to leave my head. I mean, he was, he's good. He's just not. There's there's a gap between him and some of the bigger quarterbacks. I pray too. to God that he does go in the first round like mock drafts have him, and he goes to the Washington Commanders. I, I will mean, hate him. Because I will, I, I don't, there's something about Bonex I do not trust. Um, but either way, I, it, it comes down to these five games here. At Texas Tech, which is a Tyler, it's pronounced Shuck. Shuck? Shuck. Which there's no K. Yeah, there's a G-H. It's a G-H. It's Shuck. That's weird. Um, at Washington, at Utah, Holman gets USC and Holman gets Oregon State in the, Whatever the hell they renamed the rivalry after they I can't the Civil War. I can't. We're actually doing Civil War right now. I didn't yeah, realize that. You got the Oregon shirt on. I got the Oregon State shirt on. Yep. Um, I'm going to go over, and I don't love it, because I think they can at least win two of those games. Because they can lose three of those. But anything else on this schedule, they're not losing to Portland State. They're not losing to Hawaii, Colorado, Stanford. They got Washington State at home. 
If it was on the road, it could have been a little bit sneaky. Mm-hmm. And then Cal and at Arizona State. There's too much uncertainty with a lot of those schools, and I think they're bad. So I think they can at least win nine games. Yeah, I think, like, they get the benefit of a lot of their away games are fairly easy, especially in the Pac-12 when you're at Stanford and at Arizona State. It makes having Oregon State, USC, and like you said, that Washington State game at home like that much easier. It is going to be tough when you go at Washington. That was a hell. I ended up rewatching that game from last season. That was that was a hell of a game. And at Utah, I mean, God only knows what's going to happen there. I lean the over nine and a half. But, I mean, not really by much. Can I say something? Hmm. So, for all these teams we do, I'm just more comfortable betting. Like, find your team that you love mm-hmm. and just bet them the one. Yeah, there's there's teams that we're going to get to that I'm like, I'm immediately betting this. No, are you talking about win total? or? Yes. Oh, I'm saying, for me personally, I'm going to find the team that I think is one in the conference and just bet them the one in the conference. Yeah, I Because these win totals are, they're all, there's a separation from five teams yeah that's this conference mm-hmm. and the difference between like there's going to be two teams that you have one over and you have one under and it's gonna be flip-flop and that's two losses yep so no no i i agree with what you're saying at plus 290 for the pack 12 like i wouldn't i wouldn't hate a flyer on that on to the washington huskies win total sitting at nine on DraftKings. And a nine and a half on FanDuel and Caesars. Pac-12 odds sitting at plus 400 on DraftKings. And playoff odds sitting at a plus 700 on FanDuel. Another giant surprise team in the Pac-12 proved both me and Cody wrong. How can they improve off last season? At quarterback, they returned Michael Penix Jr., who set the college football world on fire after finishing second in the nation in passing yards with 4,641 yards on 65.3% completion, 31 touchdowns, and 8 INTs. Just, I, I, like, I can't state it. He proved you and I. Way wrong. Oh yeah, we I shit I shit on them literally the entire. I, mean, I think we both did. Yeah. Right? And we're like Penix. That was a one year. It was the COVID year. It was the weird thing. No, it but, just happened. It, he needs to be with Kalen DeBoer. Yeah. I mean, I mean that that there's the key. At running back, they do lose leading rusher Wayne Tulia Tulopa, uh, who had 887 yards and 11 touchdowns last season. They do return number two rusher Cameron. Davis, who had 522 yards and 13 touchdowns. They did add both Dylan Johnson from Mississippi State and Daniel Nada from Arizona State in the portal. At wide receiver, they returned one of the best units in the nation as they tr- return Rome Adunzi. It's a tough one. I know. And Jalen McMillan, who each had over 1,000 yards. And Jalen Polk, who had 694 yards last season. They also added Jeremy Bernard from Michigan State in the portal. The O-line does have some questions as they only return both tackles after only allowing seven sacks last season. That O-line kept Penix upright. Hopefully they can do the same this season. The front six of the defense returns four starters, including leading sacker 
uh, Braylon Trice. They did add uh, immediate impact transfers in edge Zach Dumphy or Durfee from Division Two, Sioux Falls, and Raylan Goforth from USC. Uh, the secondary returns three of five starters, but must replace both outside corners and must try to improve after finishing 99th in the nation in passing yards per game. They did add transfer Jabbar Muhammad from Oklahoma State, who should be an immediate starter at one of those corner positions. So when it comes to the Washington Huskies, how you looking, buddy? So I'm hoping I should have did one of those uh, playoff predictors with the Pac-12 and just made sure all of my picks like lined up. But I'm going to go over here again. I think a, another team is going to prey on the bottom of the Pac-12. And now I'm just going to spoil it. Wazoo is that team for me that's in the middle. I don't know if that's who you had, like the separation we had. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's the, that is the one middle-of-the-road team. And they're going to get somebody. They're, yeah, they definitely will, but they will also they also have the chance to get got by somebody yes. below them. So no. I mean, it it comes down like a Boise State could be tricky, but they got it at home. No, I mean, looking at those first five games, like it's kind of like the same thing with Oregon. That matchup is going to be five and zero Oregon versus five and zero Washington. Like I, and they get, like you said, they got that game at home, and I mean, there's a chance of But then, worth. and then even after that, you have. Uh, Arizona State, and you're at Stanford. Granted, right after that, but you, you are at USC and then Utah, but then you're at Oregon State, and then you have Wazoo. Like, I just think out of all the teams in the Pac-12, that's the fairest like schedule as far as like teams at the top. Like, they, they only have Oregon, USC, and Utah. Like, a lot of those other teams... They have uh, add whoever else in the non-con. I'm over the nine with you. And honestly, this is going to be one of the teams that I bet on to win the Pac-12. Yeah, another year of Michael Penix and the best receiving core in the nation. Second best. <laughs> Get it fucking I'm, right. I'm trying to see if I can squeak Get that by real quick. Right. Probably, yeah, the second best receiving core in the country. Exactly. This, and it, and being honest, completely, on, like, keeping my bias out of it, the margin between the two is not that far off. Not as crazy as everybody makes it out there. Like, it, it does help Ohio State that they have the probably number two pick in the draft with Marvin Harrison. Marvin Harrison is a step above, or slight step above Roan. He might not be the number two pick, but he'll be number two on everybody's big board. Exactly. 100%. Probably going to be a number two pick. On to the Utah Utes. Win total is a consensus on all three boards at an eight and a half. Pac-12 odds sitting at a plus 550 on Caesars. Playoff odds sitting at plus 900 on DraftKings and FanDuel. After winning back-to-back, Pac-12 championships, how can Utah continue to stay at the top? At quarterback, they return their leader, Cam Rising, who went for 3,034 yards on 64.7% completion, 26 touchdowns, and 8 INTs, while also adding 465 yards and 6 touchdowns on the ground. Keeping Rising healthy will be huge as he is rehabbing from a torn ACL in the Rose Bowl. 
but reading everything, it seems like he's going to be ready week one. It's going to be absolutely insane, but that offensive line will have to protect him at all costs. At running back, they did lose leading rusher Tavian Thomas, but don't expect much of a drop-off as they return number two rusher Micah Bernard. Late season breakout Jaquin Jackson, who averaged 6.8 yards per carry when he did take over when Thomas got a little dinged up. And Jalen Glover, who had 360 yards as the fourth running back. At pass coucher, they did lose top receiver tight end Dalton Kincaid, who had 70 receptions for 890 yards and eight touchdowns. They do return their number one and number two wide receivers in Devon Vell and one of the greatest names in college football, Money Parks. They also get a healthy Brant Cuthy, Cuthy, who was a three-time All-Pac-12 second teamer uh who did tear his acl i believe we i want to say it was like week four and expect more from thomas yasmin who had 13 catches for 301 yards and six touchdowns if you watch that usc game in the pac-12 championship he was the tight end that just shed like three tacklers he's a he's from australia Former rugby player. Dude's just a fucking tank. Uh, They also added wide receivers. Emery Simmons from Indiana. And Micah Pittman from FSU. And also added tight end. Layden King from Auburn. All in the portal. The O-line returns three of five starters. And the new starters will have some game experience. The defensive line returns three of four starters and has a lot of experienced death behind them. They also added Edge Logan Fanu from BYU in the portal. At linebacker, they return starter Karen Reed and Pac-12 Defensive Freshman of the Year Lander Barton, who will be a starter this season. The star, the secondary will have a big hole to fill with corner Clark Phillips gone. They do return experience in uh, Zemian uh, Vaughn and JT Burton at corner. They also added uh, Miles Battle from Old Miss, who should be an immediate starter. So when it comes to our Utah Utes, this has been one of the teams that you and I, you and I have loved riding this the last couple seasons. How are you looking, buddy? Um, I know it's our team. I'm going under here. You, um, you with the uns- I mean, everybody can say that Cam Rising's like fine. But it doesn't necessarily dictate that. After I mean, it was a bad, it was a bad knee injury, um, and then to start the season off at or home against Florida, which we don't, we haven't got to the SEC yet. But like, not everybody's very high on Florida. Um, but still, it's still Florida. And then you're going at Baylor, and you st- and you have to play in the Pac-12: UCLA, Oregon State, USC, Oregon, and Washington. That is a loaded freaking schedule and I think if there's a couple slip ups early on in the season there could be some quit there could be some maybe not quit but just they don't care as much I think this team can win the number was eight and a half correct yeah eight and and a half I think they can win eight games but if I have a bunch of these teams going over somebody's probably gonna have to go under and I have the least confidence in Utah uh I'm on the over uh I refuse to doubt this team year in year out Kyle Whittingham, 
gets this team going. I think in his time, what is it? I think he's only had like maybe one season that he did not win nine games with Utah or something he, like that. Well, technically two. He went three and two one year. Well, oh, shut up. But yeah, in 20, uh, 2017, they were seven and six. And then I know he had a – it's since 2014 because 13, 12 were very good. But still, I refuse to doubt this team. Like, the defense, I think, probably is going to be one of the better defenses in the Pac-12. And they've shown the last two seasons. That fucking matters when it comes to the, the offenses that you have to go up against. Yeah, Dalton Kincaid is a big hole to fill, but also he was not the biggest known commodity until uh, Cuthy went down, and then all of a sudden he breaks out on the scene. I just refuse to doubt this team. I I honestly think like Florida, Baylor, Weber State, uh, Cal, Arizona State, Arizona, Colorado—that's already at seven wins. And you, I need wins against UCLA at Oregon State, at USC, Oregon, and at Washington. I think they get at least two of those games. See, I have them losing to Oregon State, Washington, and USC. I think they, I mean, so what, what has three. USC proved that they could beat this team? They haven't, but that doesn't mean it can't happen this year. No, I know. I'm Utah's just, lost I'm a- just. A bunch and it's another no, year I understand Williams. that, but in the two in the two times and like I even said when we were doing the breakdown for the USC Utah Pac-12 championship game, don't let Lincoln Riley have a second look at your defense. He had a second look at the defense, and the game was even worse. Mm-hmm. So I just think Utah is going to continue to be the bully of the Pac-12 again. Team that I'm going to have a future on to win the Pac-12. Again, on to the Oregon State Beavers. Uh, win total sitting at consensus eight and a half on all three books. Pac-12 odds sitting at a plus one thousand two hundred on DraftKings. A real surprise team coming out of nowhere to have a ten-win season despite inconsistent QB play. How can they keep the momentum going? After a season full of bad QB play, they went to the portal and got. DJ Uyungale from Clemson, who despite some ups and downs, has shown flashes of his former five-star rating. A change of scenery and being back home on the West Coast could be what DJ really needs. At running back, they return Pac-12 Freshman of the Year, Damian Martinez, who rushed for 982 yards and seven touchdowns last season. They also return number two and number three backs, Deshaun Fenwick and Jam Griffin. Pass catcher will have some questions as they only return Anthony Gold, who had 457 yards, and Silas Bolden, who had 305 yards, as their only receivers who had over 300 yards. They do return Jake Overman and Jack Velling at tight end. They also added Jermaine Terry from Cal in the portal. The O-line returns all Five starters. The defense last season went from worst to first in the Pac-12. Repeating that will be tough as they lost both starting corners, their top linebacker, and two other linebackers. 
The D-line will be the strength as they bring back a lot of experience. They also added several linebacker transfers. So when it comes to the Oregon State Beavers, how are you looking, buddy? I would first like to say Aiden Childs is probably going to start. From everything that I've been reading and getting really, really deep into it, I think Aiden Childs is probably going to start. I mean, I won't. Apparently, he's just looked freaking incredible. I mean, watching that, I think it was the Army All-American game, I was like, how did Oregon State get this kid? Because he was fucking phenomenal. He was. I mean, but I just think that when you go into the portal and get a player like DJ, like, that's the easy pick. But also, you do have the maturation that if DJ is the starter, I don't. I think um, so. He's technically a junior, so he probably only has one. He could come back next season, and that could send Childs to the portal. But yeah, I think there. It's not out of the realm of possibilities. There are people that do believe there is a QB battle currently going on at Oregon State. But I think it's DJ. I will be. I'm. I I don't want to say I'll be shocked, but I I would be very surprised if DJ starts week one. From I'm ro- the, the thing is, I'm rooting for DJ. I want him to succeed. See, more, more, guy. more to more to spite Clemson. Yeah, that's a good point for you. But I would like the better quarterback. And if Jonathan Smith has, if he's willing to start this freshman over a former five star that transferred into his school, I think that says a lot about how good Childs could actually be. And look. I love having the old, at least if Childs would start, he has all five of his offensive linemen back. Exactly. A defense that loses some pieces, but should still, under Jonathan Smith, has only gotten better every single year, and so is the team. Dude, they had no, absolutely no quarterback play last year. No, it was it was miserable. So regardless of who's behind center, it can't be any worse. And if you can have a positive quarterback, I think we're talking about a team that can win the Pac-12. So I'm going over here. I think nine wins is the number that I set as a minimum amount of wins here. And a little bit of Utah in them too, like the <laughs> smack you in the mouth kind of team as well. Yeah, I mean, they were the number one defense in the Pac-12 last season. And, I mean, it's literally what won them games last season was the run game and the defense. Obviously, the run game, I don't expect any drop-off. Martinez is going to be an absolute dog again this season. Defense does worry me a little bit because like you're only really returning five starters but i mean i lean over i'm not gonna have an official bet on it i'm hoping dj's the dude and that he resurrects his career and then my last point of that is they really only have one road game that really really scares me and that's a rivalry game at Oregon. No, that they they have the benefit that the Utah's home, UCLA's home, and Washington is home. Plus, like you do get the benefit; those are your three toughest games. Yeah, and they get them all all at home outside of Oregon. Well, uh, yeah, outside of Oregon, which so is a rivalry game but, too. So I kind of like, yes, it's gonna be raucous, but it's in state too. So the crowd's probably gonna be split a little bit too. And I, I at Wazoo, like yeah. I'm. Yeah, but at, but, but at the same time, like we're at eight wins, and then you just need one win out of those four games to get your over. Like, yeah, I lean over, but I'm not going to officially bet it. On to the UCLA Bruins. Win total sitting at a consensus on all three books at an eight and a half. 
Pac-12 odds sitting at plus 1,800. After an offseason of going to the portal to fill a lot of the holes, how will UCLA do in a big transition year before the Big Ten tra- the Big Ten transition? At quarterback, they lose all-time leading passer Dorian Thompson-Robinson, who has been the starter for UCLA for the last five seasons. To fill his shoes, back up Ethan Garbers, who had a completion percentage of 70.3, 294 yards, two touchdowns, and two INTs last season. Freshman five-star Dante Moore, who's the number three quarterback and number four player in the nation, and transfer Colin Schlee from Kent State are all in a battle. Uh, As of right now, from a lot of the people that I see, it appears to be between Garbers and Moore. I really want more. If you listen to this podcast, I have been preaching for this kid to be the starter all season. We'll see what happens. Uh, At running back, they do lose... Uh, Zach Charbonnet, who rushed for 1,359 yards last season. To find his replacement, they went to the portal and got Carson Steele from Ball State, who ran for 1,556 yards, good enough for ninth in the nation last season. Dude, that kid is electric. Mm-hmm. And he, I was listening to an interview with him. He has a pet crocodile named Crocky J. And he's like, that is the coolest thing I've ever heard. The coolest name ever. And he's like this. If you haven't seen him, he's a white kid with like long blonde hair. Yeah. From the Midwest. Uh Uh-huh. And he like just fits the California like model. And when he's out there, everybody's like talking about like, where is he from? He's like, freaking Indiana. (laughs) And he got, that kid got so screwed that he got hurt his junior year and his senior year. He didn't get to play because of COVID. That is why he ended up at Ball State. If he Mm. was not. If it wasn't for those two circumstances, he could have went to UCLA right out of college or mm. right out of high school. That kid is legit. Mm. Um, at wide receiver, they lose their top two pass catchers in Jake Bobo and Casimir Allen. To get their replacements, they went to the portal again and got J. Michael Studevant from Cal and Kyle Ford from USC. The O-line will have some questions as they only return two starters and will be asking transfers to fill those missing spots. The D-line returns several key returners, including Edge, Liata, Latou, and the Murphy Twins, two of your favorite people. Mm -hmm. Uh, They also added two transfers in the portal. At linebacker, they return Darius Mausa. And John John Vaughns and added, I'm t- I, the kid from Cal. I'm not gonna try Femi, Olaji. I good luck, dude. Some of these West Coast teams with these names. Shout out to the kids for having the hardest names to pronounce. Uh the secondary will have some questions as they only return two starters and will be asking Kenny Churchill to move from linebacker to safety. They also added. Jordan Anderson from Bowling Green, who will be an immediate starter. So when it comes to the UCLA Bruins, buddy, how are you looking? Replacing Charbonnet. And replacing DTR. DTR, who is, it felt like playing. You're replacing for- your top quarterback, your top rusher, your top two receivers. Yeah. Who DTR felt like he was there for seven years. Mm-hmm. Too. And I'm Chip- so pissed that he's on the fucking Browns. 
especially especially there were there were rumors that the Bengals were going to draft him to be like the backup to Joe. Dude, he just fits. Like I, I hope he ends up getting an opportunity to play in the NFL, but he suits the either way. Perfect. As gross as this is going to say for me to say. I'm going to be betting the Browns in the preseason because the DTR. Like you, when you bet, when you're a true degenerate and bet NFL preseason, you got to know who the backup is. And I love DTR. I like this guy. Yeah. Um, Chip Kelly's system is also not just like the simplest thing to learn too for a freshman. Who I think I'm hoping Dante gets the. I'm praying. Start here. I'm praying he is. Like, why not just? throw him in there and just let him learn. Because like I said, the Chip Kelly system is is very complicated. It's something you don't learn overnight. And I'm, gonna, I'm leaning under here, but I would rather just lean under and then bet them to win the Pac-12. And if everything hits perfectly and Dante Moore is a superstar in his first year on campus, that's a possibility too. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather just boom or bust and bet them to win the Pac-12 and not worry about the win. Just to lean on more the fact that, like, why to start Dante Moore over anyone else. You're about to, the next season you are making the transition to the Big Ten. That's a jump up in competition. Might as well get the kids some time now with lesser competition before the big jump, in my opinion. Because you don't want – you don't, like – at least he's going to have experience instead of him starting next season having no experience and, oh, you're in the Big Ten where we actually fucking play defense. So, me, I'm on the over eight and a half. I'm banking on Dante Moore being the starter and being as good as I think he is. Plus, no offense, the schedule. I mean... Coastal win, San Diego State win, NC Central win, Wazoo probably win, Stanford win, Colorado win, Arizona win, Arizona State win, Cal win. I'm at nine right now, and that's at your that's your over right there. I'm not guaranteeing that September 9th game at San Diego State will win. Like I'm not. San Diego State lost so much, dude. I understand that. But I guarantee. Nope. Nope. I looked at the rate power ratings earlier. It's only going to be like a nine and a half spread. Okay, like and it's I'm, not a guarantee. Okay, and I'm going to be on UCLA. Yeah, I mean. So yeah, just for like scheduling purposes, you could be at eight, and you have to win a game at Utah, a game home against Washington State, at Oregon State, and at USC. I, dude, I just think they're over. Well, we disagree. On to the Washington State Cougars. Win total sitting at a six on Caesars and a six and a half on DraftKings and FanDuel. Pac-12 odds sitting at a plus 4,000 on FanDuel. After a solid season that came up close to being even better, how... After some close losses, how can Wazoo improve? At quarterback, they return Cam Ward, who had a solid season completing 64.4% of his passes for 3,231 yards, 23 touchdowns, and 9 INTs after transferring in from Incarnate Word. Under new OC Ben Arbuckle's system, there will be more of an emphasis on downfield shots, so... Cam really needs to improve on that, but also he's getting NFL buzz. Uh, at running back, they return 
Nakia Watson, who rushed for 769 yards and nine touchdowns last season. They also returned Jalen Jenkins, who had 396 yards last season. At wide receiver, they lost their top four pass catchers, so they went to the portal and got Kyle Williams from UNLV, Josh Kelly from Fresno State, and Isaiah Hamilton from San Jose State. Also watch for Juco, uh, DT, Sheffield to also make an instant impact. One of the better uh, Juco wide receivers out there. Uh, The O-line returns four starters, but they will need to improve after allowing 46 sacks last season. They did add a transfer and also a Juco player. Uh, Last year, a lot of those guys were brand new starters. I believe when I looked at my notes from last season, they had only returned one starter from the season before. Now with having a year of experience, I do expect a little bit of improvement on the offensive line. Uh, the D line returns two starters and ends Ron Stone Jr. and Brendan Jackson, who have combined for 22 and a half career sacks. They do have questions on the interior, but they did add a transfer to fill one of the spots. Uh, linebacker will be all new as they return no starters and add transfers. Devin Richardson from Texas and Ahmad McCullough from Maryland. The secondary returns some starters in corner Chau Smith-Wade and safeties uh, Jaden Hicks and Sam Lockett. They did add a a transfer and some JUCOs to the secondary. So when it comes to Wazoo, how are you looking, buddy? Number six, right? Uh, Yes. Pushed it over. I think six is probably the number. I think that at least Washington State is going to a bowl game. Now, I think, again, like we said, I think one they're, we penciled them in as a loss to Oregon State, like UCLA, Oregon, and Washington when we were doing the other teams. But I feel like there's going to be one of them that they probably get. And some of the games where I think they could maybe get got is like Arizona and Colorado. They could at least get them at home. So that basically leaves Arizona State as the other one. And I don't know, man. I trust Cam Ward to at least give me six wins. It's not something I'm not going to rush to bet, though. Yeah, I'm firmly on the over six. Like you said, like as far as the Pac-12, you get Arizona, Arizona State, Stanford, Cal, and Colorado. Those, in theory, should be wins. And then in the non-con, you got Colorado State and Northern Colorado. You're already at the six, right? Or wait, did I do that math right? Probably not. I know you very well. Arizona, Arizona State, Stanford, Cal, Colorado. You're at five wins when you just do the Pac-12 games, assuming that they don't get got by probably lesser teams, in my opinion. And then with Colorado State and Northern Colorado, you're at seven. So you're already over. And then any other games that they win is just added bonus. I was so. really hoping they had a Wisconsin line out. Yep, yeah, they do not. I'm yeah, and like honestly, like that is a team that is completely changing over. I, I mean, we we do both love Wisconsin. But this was a game that Wazoo won last season. 
So and I do remember and that was something that you like fell in love with during the Pac-12 preview. Mm-hmm. That spot there. Yeah, and, and I don't think it's crazy to say that can't. And happen this again. time it's at Wazoo. So yeah, I I mean, I think at the worst this team goes bowling and you might only push, but I think you firmly go over here, over six. On to the Cal Golden Bears. Win total sitting at a five on DraftKings and Caesars. Five and a half on FanDuel. Pac-12 odds. This is where it really jumps. Plus 7,500 on FanDuel. Cal will try to shake off last season by bringing in 20 transfers. How will it work out for them? At quarterback, they lost Jake Plummer. So they went to the portal and added transfer Sam Jackson from TCU, who is a former four-star dual-threat quarterback. He was number 32 quarterback in his uh, class and number 374 in the nation, who has been recorded running a 4-6-5-40, but only has 125 career passing yards and 79 rushing yards for two rushing touchdowns. That's all his career stats are. At running back, they return Jaden Ott, who broke out last season as a freshman for 897 yards and eight touchdowns. They also added transfers Justin Williams, Thomas from Tennessee, and Byron Cardwell from Oregon. At wide receiver, they return leading receiver, Jeremiah Hunter, and number three, Marvin Anderson. They also added three transfers, including Brian Hightower from Illinois. The one thing I love about this team, the O-line returns all five starters. The The front seven returns several starters, including leading tackler Jackson Sermon, leading sacker uh, Xavier Carlton, and should get back a healthy Brett Johnson. They did add some transfer linebackers. Uh, the secondary returned several starters and also added several transfers that should be instant impacts, including Noel Williams from UNLV, Kalen Moore from Colorado, and Patrick McMorris from San Diego State. So when it comes to the Cal Golden Bears, buddy, how are you looking? I do love that all five offensive linemen return, and Sam Jackson is a coveted recruit who is a dual threat. So mm-hmm. maybe the offense could actually move the ball a little bit here, but I just want to play a hypothetical with you here. Let's say they win. We're going to chalk up some wins at North Texas, Idaho, and Stanford. That's three wins. Mm-hmm. Let's say they beat Wazoo, the team that we think's in the middle. Mm-hmm. That's four wins. Yep. I think best case scenario, if they shock one of, well, I guess they have Arizona State there. I guess that, even if they get that win, are they going to be Auburn, Oregon State, Utah, USC, Oregon, or UCLA? They're probably going to be double digit, maybe two touchdown underdogs in all of those games. I think five is probably your best case scenario, and that's a push. So I'm going under here. Yeah, I'm under the five and a half. I will say, I do think, like, I wish that the schedule wasn't the way that it was because I would love this team slightly more. I do like the pieces that they added, the offensive line, and God only knows how good Sam Jackson can be. So, like, I would want to take the over, but that schedule is just too tough. I, I, this is a team that I think is going to improve 
off of last season. And I do think there is an opportunity that they catch somebody. But I just I don't know if the wins are going to be there. So I'm under the five and a half. I'm not going to bet either side here, but I think this is going to be a team I'm going to kind of monitor week to week and then kind of like absorb and see how good Jackson is, how good the line is, how good the offense is. It may be just be a a week-by-week kind of team that I bet. And honestly, like, no offense, starting off the season at North Texas, who was a team that was very good last season and returns a fair amount, that's a tough game, and you do get the benefit of Auburn at home, but still Auburn's going to have the talent differential there. Cheated their way to the top, so... Yeah, I mean, I do love the Cow Bears. I do think that there is going to be an improvement off of the team that was last season, but I just don't know, you know who they are. Huh? There are Pac-12 Rutgers. They really They're are. They're going to be. They really are, even though we're both on the under, but still, like, we're going to be rooting for this. Like, covering-wise, I'll probably bet this team yeah. a fair amount. There's going to be a spread where... Or a money line. Like that, that Auburn, like, and we're that Auburn line. Yeah, we're going to walk in to work and see each other and be like, all right, I got a bet for you. <laughs> it's our team. And I'm like, oh, geez, here we go again. On to the Arizona Wildcats. Win total sitting at a four and a half on FanDuel and a five on DraftKings and Caesars. Pac-12 odds sitting at a plus 10,000 on FanDuel. Jed Fish has Arizona heading in the right direction. How can he finally get them to a bowl game? At quarterback, they return Jaden Delora, who threw for the third most passing yards in a season at Arizona uh, with 3,685 yards on 62.5% completion, 25 touchdowns, also adding 122 yards and four touchdowns rushing. He still needs to work on the turnovers as he had 13 INTs and four fumbles last season. At running back, they return Michael Wiley, who had, who rushed for 771 yards and eight touchdowns last season. They also return number two and number three, Jonah Coleman and DJ Williams, along with a healthy Rayshon Speedy Luke. At wide receiver, they lost leading receiver Dorian Singer, but they do return number two, Jacob Cohen, who had 1,034 yards and seven touchdowns, and number three, T-Mac, who had 702 yards and eight touchdowns as a true freshman. They also added Montana Lemonias, Craig from Colorado, uh... The O-line returns three starters. Uh, While there's reason for optimism on offense, the defense will need work as they only return three starters in total. They added seven transfers in the front seven that should be immediate impacts, including Tyler Manoa from UCLA, Oren Patty from Cal, Bill Norton from Georgia, and Justin Flo from Oregon. So... When it comes to the Arizona Wildcats, how are you looking, buddy? In a weird spot because I love Jane Delora. And he looked... He's the ultimate chaos quarterback. Yes, and there was moments last season where he looked amazing. But there was times down in the red zone where, like, Arizona had an amazing drive and just marched down the field. He did something stupid in the red zone, whether it was having to settle for a field goal or him doing something where he throws a, turn- or throws a pick, fumbles the ball... 
numbers at four and a half here. It sucks to have Mississippi State on the schedule at, at Mississippi State because mm-hmm. I can't find myself a way to, to talk myself into getting a win here. I am assuming you're on the same side there. Kind of chalk that up as a loss. Yeah, but I mean, it's a team that could get got by no at the same time. Mississippi State returns a lot. And obviously that fan base is going to be rampant this season. And I mean, there's a strong message that is coming with that team throughout the season. But I mean, I, when I'm looking at the schedule, Northern Arizona, I think's a win. UTEP's probably a win. Uh, at Colorado and at Arizona State. Oh, and I've missed at Stanford right there. I think you're at five, and I think you hit the over. Maybe there's the they did surprise UCLA last season, which kind of helped me get that over on the win total. I think there's the opportunity for them to get somebody. Like I know they're returning a lot on the uh, or losing a lot on that defense, but still at the same time, this is a defense that like. While Jed Fish is a defensive guy, it's still in the bottom 100s. And they still, like, the offense finds a way to win in spite of it. So I lean the over four and a half. I think they get to five. I think they could catch somebody and get the six. But I mean, they got UCLA last year at UCLA. Exactly. And you get used, like, UCLA is at home. Oregon State's at home. Utah's at home. Washington's at home. That's four teams that like have the clear talent differential, but you get them at home. The toughest game that is away is at USC and at Washington. You get the benefit that your away games are Arizona State, Colorado, and Stanford. Before I make my pick, where were your wins that you gave them? Obviously, Northern Arizona and UTEP and Stanford. Yeah, and then you get I gave them at Colorado – and at Arizona State. I probably call them both toss-ups. I ta- I call them toss-ups, but also at the same time, I think I give more of the edge, though, to Arizona. So do I, but when I have two of those in the season, I think four wins is probably more likely. No. Five. So, no. But it's, it's, again, nothing I want to, I'm rushing to bet, and I am an avid Arizona football fan. Because of Jalen Delora. So even if I pick the under here, I'm going to be rooting for the over. Mm. On to the Arizona State Sun Devils. Win total sitting at a four and a half on FanDuel and a five on DraftKings and Caesars. Pac-12 odds sitting at a plus 15,000. After an offseason of coaching turnover and roster turnover, how will Kenny Dillingham get Arizona State on the right track? At quarterback, they brought in Drew Pine from Notre Dame, who despite ups and downs was 64.6% completion for 2,021 yards, 22 touchdowns, and 6 INTs. I will say watch out for highly rated quarterback Jaden uh, Rashada. Uh, at running back, they brought in Cameron Scataboo. From shout-out Sacramento State, who ran for 1,372 yards and seven touchdowns at the FCS level. At wide receiver, they returned their top two receivers in Elijah Badger and Giovanni Sanders. They also added several transfers, including Xavier 
Gullery from Idaho State. The O-line will have some questions as they only return left tackle Azia Glass. They did add six transfers to the offensive line. Uh, the defense will be a mix of new and old. The front seven returns only defensive tackle Anthony Cooper. They added nine transfers in that front seven. The secondary returns four of five starters, and they added a few transfers. So when it comes to the Arizona State Sun Devils, how are you looking, buddy? Dillingham is like a super energetic kind of coach and not in the kind of, I mean, Herm Edwards was too, but he was just like a different old school football, football guy kind of energy and something the players really can relate to. And that team quit last year. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, with all the recruiting violations, everything, maybe they had a reason to. This is going to Granted, they did still manage to beat Washington last season. Yeah. Um, there's a, a lot of moving pieces here, and this is going to be something that's – this is really hard because it, the roster is completely different here. But I'm actually going to lean over and go with the five wins here. Um, I think Southern Utah should be a win. Fresno State at home, no Jake Hayner. I know that's still a program that's normally super successful in the Mountain West, but I'll, I'll give them a win there. And then Colorado, they get them at home. I like that. Washington State is a little bit later in the season. If this is an earlier matchup at home, I would just chalk that up as a loss. That one's a 50-51. And then Arizona, they also get at home, and there's still a cow on the schedule here. So I think there's a scenario where they can get the five wins, so I'm going to lean over. So I'm going to lean under five, but I think more than anything, at the most, I think you push. Uh, I think there are six. I thought it was four and a half. Four four and a half if you're going to take the over. If I'm taking the under, I'm taking the under five. Okay. Um, Just like I think there's six games that decide their season. Like you said, Southern Utah, I think that Oklahoma State game, Fresno State at Cal, Colorado, and wrap up the season with Arizona. You could say that they could catch it. Wazoo. I don't, I don't think that. So... I lean more Oklahoma State. Granted, it's going to be battle of transfer team versus transfer team, basically. So I don't really know where I lean there. I just, I just You'd rather lean. You have a more of a lean there than a Washington State. Yeah, I lean Wazoo. Oh, I have Oklahoma State as like six point edge on my ratings of Washington State. Well, I if they were to well, you love your numbers love Oklahoma State. You love Oklahoma State. No, my numbers have nothing to do with personal bias. Oh well, it's just still. Data. Well, I don't care. Wazoo, in my opinion, is better than Oklahoma State. Um, but yeah, you have to win five of those to, or well, you have to win all six of them to get that get over that. I just think more than likely it's under or push. All right. Just gonna get this team out of the way. We'll say, we'll say, <laughs> we'll save the best for last. Uh, we are on to the Stanford Cardinals. Win total sitting at a three on DraftKings and Caesars, uh, three and a half on FanDuel. Pack twelve odds sitting at a thirty thousand on Caesars. This is gonna be a long rebuild. Um, how will they get back? Uh, at quarterback, there is a battle between. Ari Patu 
Ashton Daniels, and reclassified freshman Miles Jackson. Uh, Patu looks to be the guy, but only has 14 career completions. At running back, they return number one and number two, Casey Filkins and EJ Smith, who combined for 684 yards and seven touchdowns combined last season. Is that good? I mean, between two people only rushing for 648 yards or eight, 684 yards as your top two, uh, not really great in my opinion. Uh, at pass catcher, they lost their top three wide receivers but returned their number one tight end, Benjamin Yorsek, who had 445 yards and a TD. Their leading returning wide receiver is John Humphreys, who had 348 yards. The O-line only returns guard Levi Rogers. Uh, they were able to get transfers and Trevor Mayberry from Penn and Alec Bank from Harvard. That is how hard it is for them to get recruits. They have to go to Penn and Harvard to get rec- or to get transfers. Uh, the D line returns three starters in tackle or uh, tackles to- Tobin Phillips and uh, Anthony uh, Franklin and Edge David Bailey. After them. There are no other returning starters, and they only added Gaithan uh, Bendrill from FIU in the portal. When it comes to the Stanford Cardinals, buddy, how are you looking? I want to introduce a segment for the um, when we start actually getting into the college football season. It's called Say Something Nice About Stanford. Oh, so now they're the same yeah. nice team of the year? I think there's a real possibility this team goes 0-12. Like a real possibility. Like... I know they have Sacramento State, which is an FCS school, where Troy Taylor previously coached. Exactly. So there's, like, revenge factor from the other side of that. And, but am I crazy that Sacramento State, like, low-key might have more talent on the roster? I, I don't. I mean, like, I don't know, haven't done my Sacramento like State. probably not. But They the did gap, lose their running back. I can't say that. Yes, but <laughs> the gap is not as, like, wide as... Most would no, think. I think they do at least get one win. No offense to Hawaii, that roster's it's not. bad, but goddamn, you want to know the spread? What take a look, take a guess at Ten. Hawaii 10, damn, nine and a half. Shit. So, like, that's not a giant spread. And Hawaii plays week zero, so they do have a little bit of game time before this is gonna be Stanford's first game under a new coach. So, you know, Troy Taylor coached at or uh, played quarterback at Cal. Oh, no, kidding. which is like one of those like. He played at the rival school. Exactly. Like how heated is the Cal-Stanford rivalry. I don't know. The band is all on the field. Yeah. I, I, dude, come on. I, I think they go 0-9 in the Pac-12, and that means they would have to beat Hawaii, Sacramento State, and Notre Dame, and that's just a push. I'm going under. I actually really love this under, too. I think this team's terrible. I want, I want the... To be a bowl game at the end of the year, Stanford in versus Northwestern. Oh God! Just have a battle of the nerds. Battle of the nerds. So I am under three and a half. I mean, I don't. Dude, I would just take the three at that point. Like, where is there three wins on here? Give them Hawaii and Sac State. Give me one more. I, I at Colorado. I don't know. Like, dude, there. I don't know what to expect with this roster. Like, all in told, you only bring back really six starters on this whole roster. And you could only bring in, I think it was 
four transfers that they brought in and only three of them are going to be like starting. I did while you were talking wanted to look it up. They do have conference uh, conference win odds. What do 0. you 0.5 Nope. It's one. one and a half. The one and a half is plus 110. To go under? To go over one oh, to get no, two yeah, conference not, wins. Not a chance. My the under one and a half is minus one thirty five. I honestly I think qu- that's the play. I, I honestly question if this team is going to win a conference game this season. Yeah, that's the play. And In I my- wish maybe closer to the season that I don't think they would let you do like the adjustables on conference. No, they don't. They only let you do that with like regular yeah. wins. If you could get a find a point five with like some good odds that's like valued to the under, I would consider that as well. Because I I'm I, gonna be scooping for that later tonight. Yeah, like say something nice about Stanford. You kept the tree. Say something nice about Stanford. You're probably going to be our bosses in the future. Yeah. But, I mean, they're only to blame for it. Again, we've said it a million times. Same thing with Northwestern. If you're not going to change your academic standards to get in there, you literally have a billionaire athlete that went to your school that could just pump through NIL money in Tiger Woods. Mm-hmm. Um, John Elway's an alumni from there. You have Christian Andrew McCaffrey. Luck, Christian McCaffrey. You could have a decent program, but if you're not going to change your ways, to be honestly, just dismantle your your athletic program. If you're not going to care, what's the point of having it? No, I. And I, I do think that's a possibility too. In the as the Pac-12 is kind of going to fizzle out. Yeah, it's starting to fall apart. Does Stanford join the Mountain West, or are they just destroy? <laughs> join their- the Ivy League. Maybe that's a possibility. I mean, it would suck for traveling purposes, but, I mean, why not? All right, let the fun begin. On to, lastly, the Colorado Buffaloes. Win total consensus on all three books, sitting at a three and a half. Pac-12 odds, better than most, sitting at plus 15,000 on FanDuel. There has been... No team this season that has been in the headlines more and in the portal more. How will year one go for Dion? This team brought in, according to 24-7, 50 transfers. This is by far the hardest team in the country to get a read on. Last year, this was one of was the worst power five team in the nation and there's basically a whole new roster coming in in total they return only four starters from on the whole team and with everyone they brought in who knows if they'll start this season in total they brought in one quarterback three running backs six wide receivers one tight end seven O linemen 13 defensive linemen three linebackers, five corners, seven safeties, two kickers, and one punter. And there are some of those players that even hit the portal after the spring game. So I really do not know what the fuck to expect with this team. Um, Just some of the players that I did want to hit on uh, at quarterback, they will have Shadur Sanders, 
who has in his career a 68.4% completion percentage for 6,963 yards, 70 touchdowns, and 14 INTs, all at Jackson State. Uh, Travis Hunter, name everybody should know, the stud wide receiver slash cornerback, who is the former five-star and number one recruit. Cormani McLean, who was the 2023 number one cornerback and number 14 in the nation, uh, five-star. Honestly, like with those two corners, I think they have probably like underrated to the best corners in the Pac-12. Uh, Alton McCaskill, uh, former Houston running back, had 961 yards and 16 touchdowns in 2021. Uh, he was hurt all of last season. Uh, Kavesky Smoke. Former Kentucky running back has 1,583 yards and 13 touchdowns in his career. Uh, Jimmy Horn Jr., former USF wide receiver, 959 yards, four touchdowns in two seasons. Uh, And Xavier Weaver, another former USF wide receiver, 1,735 yards and eight touchdowns in his career. When it comes to the Colorado Buffaloes, buddy, what the fuck do we do? It's it's really hard, and I will say I want to wish Dion the most success. I'm rooting for him so hard. Um, I th- I love the Sean Lewis hire, the former Kent State coach who, literally, Kent State has been a successful MAC program for how long? Especially offensively, and they were literally begging for him to get a contract extension, and he took an OC job in Colorado. That mm-hmm. should say a lot about the guy. Um, Sure, Sanders, I think is good, but again, it was at the FCS level. We obviously know Travis Hunter as he had the rating straight out of high school, mm-hmm. and I know Dion won a lot in the FCS level, but he had in, he had so much more talent than every single team he played. And I think year one's going to be kind of a wake up call. I don't see this team winning very many games. I'm going to go under, but rooting for the over. I'm. I don't know what I, I like you. I'm rooting for this over. I'm rooting for Colorado to catch somebody, catch TCU, catch Nebraska, whoever, catch somebody. I don't think this is the season. I think it's all building up. It could even be a like not even next season. It could be the season after that when Shadur like Shadur's going into his junior year. Maybe when Shadur is a senior and he and like the downside to Dion was he got a late start on the recruiting class, still able to get Cormari McLean, and you're already seeing like some of the top recruits are going to Colorado. You I, will, s- I will say for the defense though, like it's gonna be hard to throw on them. I mean, you don't have to really blitz, you can kind of just play man coverage. Yeah, I mean because your corners are so good. Yeah, I mean, assume, like we know what Travis Hunter is. Yeah. Like I think he's gonna be one of the best. Like he's gonna be all Pac-12, whether it's first team or second team. Is he gonna play offense? Uh, the, they're still talking about how because like in the spring game he did he didn't even wear uh, he wore a gray uniform, which I think it was uh, white versus black. 
because Shadur was wearing a gold jersey. But yeah, he was wearing a totally different jersey than every other player because he's going to be playing both. Okay. So yeah, we all know what the athlete is. Obviously, it's going to be a big jump for Kamari from going from high school to immediate starter at the Pac-12 level. But if he is as advertised, who knows what you have there? You brought in the two USF transfers at wide receiver, so he's going to have weapons to throw to. But, dude, it's just like, can't, like, we have seen teams go into the portal and try to remake their roster at certain spots. Not a full fucking roster. To, this is going to be the experiment of a lifetime watching this Colorado team. 50 transfers. Honestly, like, if I, but here's the real question How much does this year's roster? Beat last year's roster. I think that they they. What week be, are we talking? Like week eight, so they have a little bit of games under their belt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll give them that. I mean, this year's roster is definitely at least like I would say nine and a half point favorites. I think they won by two touchdowns at okay. least. But yeah, I mean, we're gonna be rooting for Colorado. We're never gonna stop talking about Colorado because Colorado fills seats. Real quick. Give me a f- instead of I'm going under. Are you going under? I'm leaning the under, but hoping for the over. Give me a floor and a ceiling, because I think that's this is the most floor and ceiling team possible. For me, I would say my floor would be one win, and I think their their um, ceiling would be six. And they get they're the get, they're getting the Colorado State win. Um, Maybe they are. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Maybe. They're getting that win. Uh, Colorado State's rosters. Remember, the, the Colorado was the worst team in the Power Five. Colorado State Very was the similar worst. to Colorado, though. Brought in a ton of players. I know, but are the level of players that Colorado State's getting to the level of what Dion Colorado is getting? No. We also like probably Colorado State's head coach is better than Dion. So, so I think ceiling wise, bowl game. But floor wise, I think two. And it's honestly, it, 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 there's so much turnover on this roster. Honestly, I think they probably beat Stanford. Yeah, that was my one win. I didn't give the Colorado State like complete win, but Stanford, I was like, yeah, they beat Stanford. But I mean, you do have the benefit that you like at TCU that rosters changing over a lot still 20. nebraska fucking who knows colorado state probably a win at arizona state mm, who knows stanford at home probably gonna be a win and you get arizona it comes down to those six games like can you win all six of those but yeah i'm rooting for colorado i think i have a colorado shirt come in in the mail here soon I want one rule for the podcast, though. If Colorado is 0-6, I'm not spending all day talking about them. I don't care at that point. All your stupid cameras and all your flashy bullshit and your 0-6, I don't don't want to talk about them. No, I get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. They'll still be a topic of conversation, but they're going to get way more pub at the beginning of the year. I would say, though, how awesome would it be for them to win week one against TCU? Oh, dude, it would be epic. And then break the internet. It would. It like. The minute that Colorado upsets somebody, the it, it's gonna break 
the internet. I know it's on the road, but it just jumps on Ralphie and rides him <laughs> through the field. And it's oh, kind of like dude, that. the video that they posted of his first encounter with Ralphie, everything that I expected, like it, it just like everything that you would expect went from a guy from Florida meeting a giant fucking buffalo. Mm. All right, on to the Pac-12 breakdown questions. We're going to go with our top seven quarterbacks to start. If you have anybody other than Caleb Williams at one, I'm going to reach over this table and slap you in the face. I think the first four in this order will be unanimous. We'll find out. Number two. Michael Penix. Michael Penix. Yeah. Three. Bo Nix. Bo Nix. Four. Cam Rising. Yep. Yeah. I I think that's pretty apparent. Those yeah. are the guys. Yeah, and I mean, I understand like the case could be made for Bo because he is more of the dual threat. I mean, he had 14 touchdowns rushing this season, but man, to be the second, to have the second most passing yards in the nation, like that's insane for Michael Penix, especially from what we expected. Like the the expectation level or from what we expected to what was given the gap for Michael Penix was a lot bigger than the gap for Bo Nix, in my opinion, coming into this season. Like we did not like we were wondering if Washington was going to make a bowl game. Mm-hmm. So, but like if you gave me a thousand dollars right now to bet on a Heisman, I'm betting Michael Penix. Oh yeah. We'll get like, to that. Sure. Um, who you have at five? Oh, this is when it starts getting a little bit crazy here. I went with Cam Ward at five. I did too. I thought, uh, really? I, th- I thought that the first five was pretty consensus. I, or at least in my opinion, I thought. Okay. Who do you have at six? Jaden Delora. You love some Jaden Delora. I have DJ Uyungale. See, I, oh, we'll get to it, but continue. Seven, who do you have? I have. <laughs> Dante Moore slash DJU slash Aiden Childs. Because it's just so much uncertain. And then the Kent State transfers name Actually. Yeah. Like I I I think those guys are on the same level, but I don't know. I would have Childs or DJ higher, I think, but I don't know if they're gonna play. Probably gonna surprise you with who I have at seven. Shader Sanders. Uh, I, don't know. I don't like that. I I think he has the talent. I think like I just think that like obviously he might be getting killed. He might get killed this, but like from what I have seen watching him at Jackson State, I know, I know it was the FCS level and the swack. I understand that. I understand. It's not even good FCS. The talent is there. We have seen the talent. I don't want to be a. I don't want to push back too far, but like he's also got probably better coaching, better linemen, and better receivers. Than anybody in the FCS. No, I agree. Like he's he, out. He's got no. That is around. the that is the biggest problem when talking about Colorado slash Jackson State was at Jackson State. Dion was getting FBS level players playing at the FCS level. There was a reason why they only lost, I think, two games in the seasons that he was the head coach there. I just think the talents there. I think Shadur is really going to surprise some people this season that, like, the jump isn't that much for him. This was a kid that, like, 
name aside and following his dad to Jackson State, there were a lot of teams that were trying to get him before he ended up going to Jackson State with his dad. There were a lot of teams. The talent's there. He's a former four-star. So I pictured her. So on to who are who is the team that you are buying stock in? I want to save it because I want to use him for the same um, pick for my conference championship. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Cal. I wanted in to a, in a stock. I'm not trying to. You're I'm buying not, at its absolute lowest before it can go up a little bit more this season. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be like Microsoft and start in a garage and just blow up in a certain amount of years. But I think it's going to be a steady incline, and it's going to be Cal's going to be a team that everybody writes off like immediately as soon as you see the name. I think his team could fight a little bit and kind of surprise some people, maybe get somebody. I'm going with the easy pick, Colorado. Huffman on the bandwagon right now. Okay. And riding it to, into the sunset. Riding it into the Big 12. You do, yes. You, <laughs> you do know, and I think we all know, and I think everybody should know, this is either going to be really good or it's going to just burn terribly. Yeah, it's it, going it, to be it, so ugly if the, it's bad. The amount of outcomes that could come out of this Colorado season is insane. No, I'm just saying in Dion's tenure in Colorado, period. Oh, yes. Because yes. I don't think he's going to be cool with just winning seven, eight games every year. I don't think he's that guy. Mm-mm. That's just my personal opinion. Don't no, know him he's a winner. Yeah. He's a winner. He's either going to want to go to the playoff or just crash and burn. Mm-hmm. Who is the team you are selling stock in? Do I cop out and say Stanford? I'm copping out and saying Stanford. <laughs> Do I cop out and say Stanford? Dude, they're so bad. Like I'm shorting this stock as much as I fucking can. I'm selling... Every little bit that I ever had of Stanford, and I'm just sell it all, sell it all. It, it it's down at a penny. I'm like hoping for the best. I don't know. I I really do think there's a possibility that the football program's dismantled. Who is the first coach fired this season? Dude, this one was really hard. Mm-hmm. I didn't. To be honest, I don't think anybody's gonna be fired this offseason. I don't think so. But if we're wrong. And it slides off, and it's even worse than last season. It's Justin Wilcox. Yes, I have Justin Wilcox written down. I didn't want to say his name, though. Yeah, no, I wanted to have in parentheses, like, I really don't think anybody gets fired this season because they also all brought in a bunch of, like, maybe if Wazoo goes, like, 1-11. Yeah. But, or I, I don't see anybody else. Like, Winningham's not going anywhere. Kelly's not going anywhere. No, Lanning's Utah could have a four-win season. Yeah, Winningham like, ain't going there's nobody else I see. Who is what is your conference championship? All right, I went with USC and Oregon State. Wow, a little bit of a shocker, but man, that team won ten games a year ago with literally me and you playing quarterback for them. And I think Jonathan Smith is still going to have the defense playing well. And if Aiden Childs is good as advertised, or it's DJ, I mean anything's an upgrade from what they had last year. The running game still going to be well. Dude, and the way we even talked, like how the schedule worked out with most of their hard games being at home. Maybe one last season was a one-off, but maybe it wasn't. I I, I actually really like this. I already bet I'm going to win the conference. My conference championship is I changed one of them. I'm sticking firm with one. It's Washington versus USC. Okay. I did – 
I'm gonna sound crazy. You know what my original was one was? UCLA. No, it was you. It was Utah. I mean, I picked their under, but like, why would we continue to doubt Kyle Whittingham? Like, exactly. Yeah, it, it, it was just so hard. But then I'm just like, man, that talent. I'm just like USC is gonna end up. Gun to the head, though. Who wins this? Is it USC? Because that would be my gun to the head pick by far. I, it's so weird that like, he, I love Washington so much that <laughs> what a what a one eighty from last year. If it's a one eighty, then like I I've, I've never been able to get a read on Michael Penix in my fucking life, but. I'd like them to win the Pac-12. Who? Washington. Washington, okay. I like them so much, I'm probably taking a flyer on them to make the playoff. It, I know it's crazy to say, but this is a team that has made it to the playoff before. Granted, different it's coach. still going to be a preseason top 10 team. It's just the Pac-12 is so cannibalistic. Like. Exactly. That, that is the biggest thing is like, I like I don't know if the Pac-12 really does make a playoff contender because like we said the top of it keeps fighting each other and they do this every season they will have somebody like for all I know like USC is 10 and 2 coming into this Washington is 11 and 1 12 and 0 USC ends up winning it and knocks Pac-12 out of the yeah. playoff it happens all the time I'm not 100% sure if the Pac-12 gets a playoff contender, but there's something about this Washington team. I agree with you. The thing it will help about with like cannibalizing is is I think the bottom half of the Pac-12 is so bad. I think it's going to be really hard for somebody to get, get got. Washington State is that team that could just fuck the Pac-12, uh, Pac-12 chances of making the playoff over like really bad, in my mm-hmm. opinion. I think that could happen. Yeah, it, it's not out of the realm of possibilities. Who is your Heisman finalist? I'm going Michael Penix. Fuck because you. I don't think they're going to pick Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams is the obvious Exactly. Choice. Like, yeah, Caleb Williams, we'll preface this. We both picked Michael Penix. Caleb Williams is going to lose votes because he's already won it. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about about it. Caleb Williams statistically could have a better season. There is a thing of voter fo- voter fatigue when it comes to the Heisman. And you know, just the fact that people don't want to have another two-timer. It's exactly. how it works. I don't want another two-timer. Well, no shit, you don't. But <laughs> I think for him to win the Heisman, they got to go 13-0. Yeah, like I keep saying... Him winning the Heisman may rest more on his defense because if this team does not win the Pac-12, make it to the playoff, even if his stats are he may, he could have like maybe 250 more passing yards, a couple more touchdowns, less picks, but he's still not going to win it. No. I mean, Bryce Young had better stats his sophomore year. Johnny Manziel uh, did. Uh, look back at that. No, Bryce didn't. But Johnny Manziel did. Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson did. Tim Tebow, I think, did too. Possibly. But he lost to Alabama in the SEC title game, mm-hmm. which basically lost his chances of doing it. Yeah, team success factors into the Heisman more than it probably should. Mm-hmm. On to the last question, buddy. Who is your newcomer of the year? Don't think it'll be very good, but, I mean, 
number one recruit in the nation, Travis Hunter. Like, it has to be Travis Hunter. Yeah. It's, he's going to be playing on a relevant team, but he's going to be playing both sides of the ball, like you said. And he was the number one player coming out of – It's if you're getting a number one recruit from a year ago transferring into your conference, I feel like he's got to be the guy. And he could. he's probably going to be very depictive of how much success Colorado has. It's him and Shadur Sanders. Yeah. Or it's DJ Uyungle. I don't. I'm t- I don't think he's going to start. I think he's going to start. I really don't think he's going to. The I redemption think the story point. starts now. This is the start of the video. This is start of okay. the NFL draft video when he goes number one overall instead of Caleb Williams. Oh, okay. No, okay. Go a little bit crazy I'm totally here, kidding. But- totally kidding. But no, I believe this is the right fit for DJ. They're not going to ask too much. You already have a great running back. What made him so good at Clemson? Using his running ability. Like, I know Will Shipley to Martinez, big difference. Mm -hmm. But still, at the same time, I just just think that he's going to turn it around. I might be bullish, and I might be rooting for him a lot. But I think he's going to be the newcomer of the year in the Pac-12. I think DJ's a really good quarterback, too. So I don't want people to think I think he's bad. I think if he's in a bad situation at Clemson with a terrible offensive coordinator, maybe I'm reading in the tea leaves too much. I think Charles might be the starter. But either way, I still – either guy, I think Oregon State can make the Pac-12 game. And I already bet them to win the Pac-12. We'll see if it comes true. All right, Connor, that was the Pac-12. Probably the most interesting conference I think we've done so far. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of variables when it comes to these teams. Like, There's a lot of highs and there's a lot of lows, and even the lows have storylines like written all over them as well. Exactly. Um, next week is the SEC breakdown, the Fuck. best conference in football. Eat shit. Um, it just means more when you're playing the SEC and you're breaking it down. Yeah, so yeah. It just means in. more like stealing money from children's hospitals. <laughs> I need you to put in double the effort for the SEC because it does mean more. You know what I mean? It means more kiss my ass. All right. The week after that is going to be – are we grouping together the group of five and independent with the build-our-own team? Because really what – No, because – so what I was planning is – Next week's going to be the SEC. The episode after that, it's probably going to be only a half-hour episode, and we'll just hit on, like, we'll talk about Notre Dame, any of the other independents, any of, like, our favorite That's, group yeah. group of six teams and all the stuff like that. And then we'll have the podcast that will do our ultimate team. And also, I just thought it's fair that when we're doing our ultimate team, that's when we go over, like, our top 10 that's when we do all we give out all of our season future or our all of our future bets and then we got to also and we, then the week after that football fucking week 0 well to that week as well we got to like give our playoff picks too and stuff yeah like yeah that. yeah that basically like basically the episode before week 0 is just going to be everything talking about the season as a whole playoff prediction Heisman, we'll do our Heisman draft like we have the done the last couple of years, and Cody is the two-time champ on it. Am I? Yeah, you got Bryce and you got uh, Caleb. Good for me. I don't. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, I. I you win the coach's fire draft though. No, you won it the year before. Did I really? No, yeah. I had Dino. 
thought. Yeah, you did, but you we did the draft. Yeah, who did I have that got fired? Clay Helton. Oh yeah, I did. And I I remember Out of left field. I remember that because I was literally uh, I was with the girl that I was talking to at the time, and we're in we're driving to your house. Brag. Shut up. Yeah, sick brag. Single as fuck. Um, driving here so that you and I could record, and I was hanging out with her. And we're in the middle of traffic, and then I get the notification, Clay Helton. And I just start busting out laughing. And then all of a sudden, I start going, motherfucker, he got it right. That stupid motherfucker. And she just looks at me like I'm crazy because I just went laughing hysterically to just cussing out. And she's like, what the fuck's going on? And I'm like, Clay Helton just got fired, and that means Cody's fucking right. But, yeah, well, I'll end up figuring out everything that we'll do for the season one, but then we'll end up doing our ultimate team draft along with all of our futures and everything like that. Get ready, people. It is fucking upon us. How many more days, you said? We are under a month. Let's freaking go. And then it's back to two days a week, recaps, storylines, and then on Fridays or Thursday, but every day we decide to do it. Just full picks. The best picks. The best part of the podcast. So start making some money. Alright, guys. We'll see you guys next week. Peace!